Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 48 of the One for the Money podcast. I am so very grateful you've taken the time to listen. Believe it or not, but for some people, spending money can be a hard thing to do. It's one of the things that has surprised me most as a financial planner is the difficulty it can be for some of my clients to spend their money. In this episode, I'll share ways to help make spending a little bit easier. And in the tips, tricks, and strategy portion, I will share a strategy or two that can help you spend a little bit more. Well, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. This episode and the one prior, episode 47, are focused on spending your money, which is appropriate given the fact that we are fast approaching Black Friday so named, at least according to one theory, because retailers would finally start turning a profit for the year, moving from being in the red, where they were losing money, to being in the black, making a profit, due to the surge in holiday sales. Now, Black Friday is known for its significant sales and discounts offered by retailers to attract shoppers and kick off the holiday shopping season. It's one of the busiest shopping days of the year in the United States, And that concept has spread to other countries around the world, which is something I saw firsthand when we visited the Christmas markets in Eastern Europe last Thanksgiving and saw signs in store windows advertising Black Friday sales. And on a side note, I highly recommend a visit to these markets as we loved our time in Budapest, Vienna, and especially Prague. Now, given that spending may be on our minds as we approach the holiday season, it's an appropriate time to discuss how to spend better. In episode 47, I shared six specific ways in which you can spend money that will actually make you happier. The ways can be surprising, and I recommend you have a listen to that episode if you haven't already. In this episode, there is a more general perspective on how to spend better. Now, one of the most surprising things I've found as a financial planner is the reluctance for some of my clients to spend their money. This is despite the fact that I stress test their financial plans to the maximum, such as a 40-year retirement or significant annual spending goals, travel for example, extended long-term care events with no reduction in spending, and it still shows that they will have sufficient money, and yet there is still reluctance to spend. Now, according to a study conducted by the Investments and Wealth Institute back in 2018, nearly six in seven retirees only spend down the earnings in their portfolios, meaning they only ever spend the money generated by their investments and not the principle itself. They call it the decumulation paradox. Based on my experience of working with clients, I have discovered two primary reasons I believe people don't spend as much as they could. The first being that they are always in a saving mode, and it's really hard to flip the switch to the spending mode. 
That can be especially difficult when you have retired or on a mini retirement because you no longer have a salary coming in every month. Everything can be dependent upon your nest egg. This is a reason why people with guaranteed sources of income, pensions, and even annuities spend more money in retirement. Now, I believe there are way better, way less restrictive, and way less expensive ways to spend more than using an annuity, but it shows what an impact psychologically this can have for our spending. The second reason people don't spend money is what I would call the just-in-case expense, just in case our kids needed some money just in case I have a medical expense, or just in case I have an extended long-term care event. It seems we all know of an Aunt Sally that had dementia for 10 years, and we financially plan accordingly to our worst-case scenarios. However, there are ways to plan for these scenarios without sacrificing our ability to make memories both now and in retirement. That's where I've provided some of the most help to clients— when I give them the peace of mind to spend on what they want to so they can make the memories that can last lifetimes, literally. Because when you make memories with your kids and grandkids and even great-grandkids, your memories can last lifetimes. So just how can we spend more money? There was an article written for Advisor Perspective by a Mr. Alan Roth in March of 2023. He has been working in the investment world and corporate finance for over 25 years and was a consultant with McKinsey. He noted that there are psychological barriers that prevent us from spending what would bring more enjoyment and happiness. Intellectually, you know, clients may understand that dying the richest person in the graveyard isn't a very good goal, but emotionally, it can still be a challenge to spend their money. Mr. Roth shared some research on savers and spenders entitled Tightwads and Spendthrifts, which was by behavioral scientist Scott Rick of the University of Michigan. And he noted that sometimes the pain of paying drives tightwads to spend less than they would ideally like, and that spendthrifts don't experience the same amount of pain and therefore spend far more than they would like. Now, the paper referred to some research in which participants were given a series of purchase decisions while having their brains scanned by a functional magnetic resonance imaging machine. The decision to make the purchase was inversely related to action in the area of the brain called the insula, a region that is commonly active when experiencing painful stimuli, such as offensive odors. The more the activity in the insula, the less likely the consumer was to make the purchase. Those experiencing more insula activity tended to be tightwads. Those with less activity tended to be spendthrifts. But Mr. Rick noted that there is little genetic correlation for spendthrifts versus tightwads because research shows children of millionaires and tightwads were often spendthrifts. So it wasn't genetic. Now, Mr. Roth also shared additional research from a Kate Lamberton, who's a marketing professor at Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, and she co-authored a paper called Seize the Day, Encouraging Indulgence for the Hyperopic Consumer. Now, Ms. Lamberton brought up the framework of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, something I love as well. She said that safety is the equivalent of savings, but is low in the pyramid. It would be a shame if savers didn't use some of their savings for the higher level needs, 
For example, taking the kids and the grandkids on a memorable vacation might satisfy a higher social need. Esteem could be taking dance lessons or a personal training in a sport you really enjoy. It could also be spending on dental work to improve your appearance. Or for self-actualization, she suggested supporting the arts financially or echo or volunteer tourism or buying land to preserve or pass on to family and friends. Because Maslow's hierarchy of needs starts with the physiological, meeting those basic needs of food, clothing, shelter, followed by safety, then social, then esteem, and finally self-actualization. And so it's imperative that we spend our funds on the things that provide those that bring us higher esteem and higher self-actualization. Now, Mr. Roth also referred to research conducted by a Clark Howard, who's a popular consumer media host on how to help people spend more money. Mr. Howard noted that once he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, it made him realize that his mortality was closer than he thought. And so he thought it was important to spend more money on things that he enjoys. And so he suggested one should imagine 10 dream experiences and then go for it and just to spend the money on doing those things in the next few years. Now, for my clients that are in a good position financially but are reluctant to spend, we go over spending sooner than rather than later strategies. We also discuss their most significant goals and the regret they would experience if they were not able to achieve them. It's a really powerful exercise. Now, Mr. Roth mentioned a few additional ideas to help us increase our spending. The first was to frame the spending in a utilitarian aspect. The second way is to link your purchase to a task well done or when you reached a significant milestone. You know, we went to Tahiti for my 50th birthday and wow, was that ever amazing. No spending regrets there whatsoever. Now, for those who still worry about the just-in-case expense of running out of money, I'll share the following analysis. If a retiree starts with a 4% initial withdrawal rate, adjusted each year for inflation for a 60-40 portfolio. That's 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. And this was looking at any 30-year historical scenario going back to the 1870s. Now, it's exceptionally rare over this analysis that a retiree will finish with less than what they started with at the end of every 30-year time horizon. Only a small number of wealth paths finish below the starting principal threshold. In fact, overall, retirees finish with more than double their starting wealth in a whopping two out of every three scenarios. It is more likely to finish with five times your starting wealth than to finish with less than the starting principal. All the more reason why we should find ways to spend our money better. Now, finally, I realize that some may see spending more money as a quote-unquote first world problem or that this so-called problem is only experienced by a relatively few in the first world. But I will say, having worked with hundreds of individuals, I've seen people with limited income build significant wealth. And one of my goals is to get people to spend more of what they worked and sacrificed so hard to make possible. It's also important to note that based on a survey of over 10,000 American millionaires, that the percent of people that inherited their wealth was just 3%. 70% of millionaires saved more than 10% of their income, so they did it through saving. 
and that it takes planning because 92% of millionaires developed a long-term plan and 68% of them used a financial planner. Here's a phenomenal statistic. Eight out of 10 millionaires come from families at or below the middle class income level. And 64% of millionaires earned an average of $100,000 or less their entire career. So it is certainly possible. And it's important for those that made wise decisions and were able to save and accumulate funds that they spend it. There is a recent book entitled Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. And it really speaks to this new philosophy of spending more. Its focus is getting all you can for your money and your life. Now, the aim of the book is to roughly have zero dollars left in your bank account when you die because money is a resource that helps you live your best life and not an end in itself. And that one should invest in experiences when you are young to get the compounding returns on your memories, something I strongly endorse myself. Now, I've ordered the book on Amazon, and I'm certain it will feature in an upcoming episode of this podcast. Well, thank you for listening. I do hope you found this helpful. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I will share a strategy I've used recently to help clients spend more money. I call it the rest of your life analysis, and it really is pretty simple. I list your and your spouse's current age and the ages of your children, and then see how old your kids will be when you are 65, 70, 75, and 80. It's powerful to see how quickly time can go by. As I've heard it said recently, the years are fast, but the days are slow. I was able to see why I may have even less active time with my kids and hopefully grandkids than I originally thought. Now, my wife was shocked by this as well. We didn't marry until our mid-30s and had kids a few years later. If our oldest son, Lucas, did the same, I'll be over 70 when I see my first grandkid. Another effective strategy to increase your spending is assessing your health versus lifespan. Your health span is when you are more active, whereas your lifespan is how long you'll live. Recently, I was speaking with my father-in-law, a great man indeed, and he had traveled fairly extensively in the years prior to and after retirement, but he had to stop traveling at around 70. I tell clients that are 55 that if they stop at 70, they would have only 15 summers more to travel. As I like to say, compound interest was noted to be the most powerful force in the universe, but I've found that there's actually one thing that compounds way better than money, and that's memories. Now, a few Black Fridays ago, I surprised my family with the purchase of some indoor skydiving tickets. This is where you put on a jumpsuit and fly in a wind tunnel. It was an absolute blast, and I was just enjoying the photos from the adventure the other day. I'll include some of those photos on the show notes. It was fun to surprise my wife and kids with that adventure, and it was awesome to make memories because our kids are growing up way too fast. Well, I do hope you found this helpful. And remember, a better life is a result of better planning, especially when it comes to better spending. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. 
To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.